Welcome to Concerning the Spiritual in Art, a podcast exploring spirituality, consciousness, and the creative process. I'm your host, Martin Benson. All right, y'all, welcome to Concerning the Spiritual in Art. I have an amazing podcast for you with Amy Lincoln, um, an incredible painter based in New York. And this conversation went to uh, some pretty awesome places. We started getting pretty nerdy about art and talking a lot about formal qualities and painting, understanding more technique, um, understanding how colors work together and different kinds of pigments and the importance of like how we limit our color palettes, but yet also explore versatility within them. So a lot of cool stuff for my painters out there, a lot of stuff about that. But then we got into some really deep spaces around sort of the the understanding of like the value of what painting can bring to a culture that's so saturated with stuff, right? Like thinking about how we can have anything at the touch of a hand and yet what it is as people who make art, like what are we adding to this sort of saturated space of material goods and what is the value of, of what it is that we do um, as artists? So a lot of really great questions brought up, a lot of really great ideas. And I I think that y'all are going to really enjoy this podcast and, and really enjoy learning about her work and uh, the magical things that she does with paint. Um, so I hope y'all enjoy. Here's Amy Lincoln. All right, Amy, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to to have you here today to talk with you about uh, the work that you do. How's it going? Thanks, Martin. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, um, yeah doing well. How about you? Doing really good. And I'm super excited. I've, I've been like looking at your work from afar for, for some years now and just always have been super inspired by sort of the way that you tap into like the energy of the natural world, but you do it in a very specific way that kind of like almost separates it from like its natural color. Like you like kind of like have this amazing saturation of color that you use, the sense of luminosity, really like brilliant forms and the way that you kind of define the features of the natural world in your own sort of distinct way. Um, I really feel like when I look at your work, I feel the energy of the natural world um, in a way that's very novel for me, which gets me very excited. Anytime I see you post new paintings, I'm like, whoa. So I'm really fascinated by the way that you sort of illustrate this in your paintings. And I was curious if maybe we could start by you sort of speaking about your own personal relationship to the natural world, because it's such like an important part of your subject matter, at least as your work stands these days. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um... Well, I grew up uh, on the West Coast in Oregon and also visited uh, my dad in California quite a bit. So I would say, um, you know, I grew up, uh, well, I live in New York City now. So certainly, like, I grew up more surrounded by nature than I am at this point. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely grew up going to the beach a lot. Um, Portland, I grew up in outside of Portland, which is couple hours inland but we would go to visit my grandparents who live near the beach um at least once a month and so I think like you know I have a lot of memories fond memories of the Oregon coast especially uh or like all of the trees there um you know I would play in like forest parks uh near my house and um so yeah I think I probably spent time in nature um 
you know, not like I grew up in the suburbs, so it wasn't like it was a rural area or anything, yeah. but, um, but, you know, close enough, like there were kind of areas nearby that were sort of untouched forest, um, that I would go hang out in. Um, and yeah, like I said, we went to the beach a lot. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and mean, it's not, oh, sorry. Go um, ahead. Keep going. The Oregon beach is not, it's not warm. You're not like swimming. You're just like walking or like maybe wading a little bit in tide pools. Um, but it's pretty cold there year round. So it's more like a, like windy gray kind of experience. Yeah. But it's so magical. Sometimes when things are like overcast, you can see like the definition of things. So like intensely, do you ever get that experience? Like when you're in that kind of misty space, like I could imagine the Oregon coast being in most times of the year, you know, with not direct sunlight, no harsh shadows, like really seeing the clarity of nature. I always get amazed when it's like that here in new Orleans and things are freshly blooming and there's no harsh shadows. It's like, boom, the natural world just really reveals its subtlety um, to me. You know, um, what's interesting about like growing up in these natural spaces, because like I feel like I grew up in Kentucky and like I kind of grew up in a definitely an urban space, too. But like I had access to the these woods that I lived in. I lived in kind of like a nature preserve. And I, I cherish those memories like so much in my life, like being able to grow up connected to a natural space like that, that I almost could call my own because like it was in my backyard and I just descended into the, into the forest. And I was wondering if you had any like distinct memories, like as a kid, like of any specific like experience or interaction, like anything distinct that might come to mind where you really felt like this communion with, with the natural world in like a distinct way. Does anything come to mind for you? Um, I don't know. Not really. I think it was just like, I, I just don't think I, um, I mean, I definitely remember this one park that was pretty close to where I lived, where I would go as a kid, you know, and, and really liking it there. That And it was these kind of like big Douglas fir trees mm-hmm. um, and like kind of lots of hills and, um, you know, I think, I think when I was, I think when I was a kid, I probably went to places like that with either with my parents or with other kids. Um, and I, I think maybe starting in high school, I started to like either walk or run, like go, like go out by myself mm-hmm. to walk or run. And, um, and I think that, you know, those were sort of, important times because I think at that point I kind of realized actually that it was it really did help me feel better and like sort of alleviate anxiety or whatever you know if issues I was having in high school with friends or whatever um being in nature I think I I I learned I think it wasn't just being in nature it was also just like the physical movement like walking definitely um and getting out by myself um and so I think at that point I, it started to, you know, be a thing that I like relied on for yeah. a sense of like, yeah, just um, calm and peace and sort of renewal and yeah, you know, almost like a refuge, you know, like yeah, yeah, like just getting away from like I don't know, yeah. I mean, it's still I I would say that's probably when I started the habit of of going for walks you know, which I do, I still do like almost every day. 
Yeah. And it is, yeah, it's just an important part of like, yeah, my mental health. For sure. Me too. I feel the same way. Like even just like perusing my backyard and like looking at like what kind of new bugs are arriving or birds or like trying to stay tapped into those spaces, I think is always so helpful. Were you, um, were you making a lot of art in high school? Like, is that sort of where you're kind of creative sort of expression began to kind of manifest or was it much earlier? I would say it was earlier. Um, I mean, yeah, like pretty, so I have a a brother who's six years older and he was, he drew, uh, we both did a lot of art and also music and um, he was like older than me and much better at music than I was, but he also kind of stopped making art when he was in middle school. And at that point I really realized, um, or, or, yeah, I think I was, a, I was like six and I was like, Oh, I, I'm never going to stop. Like I really like, I, cause I, and then I think it also became my thing because he sort of was into music. And so mm-hmm. art could sort of be the thing that I was going to be the best at. Well, so, so I think there was, what's that? No, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think there was a, you know, kind of a, yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, it was sort of like I liked getting praise for being good at drawing, you know, like mm-hmm. I was just always trying to like draw as realistically as I could. And I yeah. took lessons. And so, I mean, I think it was two things. It was like it was the thing that I was sort of like getting praise for as a kid. But then also probably closer to middle school or high school, it also became this thing that was like a... um another refuge, um, and like kind of a, a way to make myself feel better when, when I was like having a hard time in, in yeah. school. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned like music and like, when I look at your paintings, there is in some sense, a musical quality to them, the rhythmic quality of the way that you paint, the way that you break apart, like values into their subsequent, like Um, bands of color to create like luminosity but more like in a structured not like smoothly blended all the time like there is this kind of rhythmic musical quality that comes out of your work was that ever intentional or is that just something that kind of like happened because you you mentioned having some connection to music as you you know when you were younger it's interesting to see it come in yeah, well, and I did play the piano, um, like all through, like from when I was like, I don't know, six or seven until I graduated from high school. So I, I did do music too. I mean, yeah, that's, it's, I do kind of like to think of my work as, um, I mean, I think one one of the things that draws me to landscape or the seascapes is that it does feel sort of, um, like almost neutral, like the content of it feels a little more neutral. Like I used to paint portraits and self portraits and that always felt like supercharged Mm. and like had all this kind of emotional narrative um, weight to it that I felt like I was not interested in ultimately. Like I kind Mm. of moved away from it um, because I felt like it wasn't, like I, I wanted them, I, I guess, I think some of it is actually about my experience of making the paintings. Like mm-hmm. I wanted them to have this kind of like, um, yeah, more neutral, 
Um, yeah, I think I, I like almost abstract, like I love abstract painting and I wanted to have the kind of like, like I love doing like little details and having sort of a system that I'm working within, like an, an overall logic. Mm-hmm. And then all the pieces of it are kind of like part of that logic. And um, yeah, I mean, like I love um, Steve Reich, who's, I don't know if you Yeah, I'm not familiar, yeah. no. I'm gonna write he's, um, he's a composer, um, like a, you know, kind of like a, I don't, I, I don't know enough about it to like know the right genre, but you know, sort of like John Cage or Philip Glass, mm-hmm. like kind yeah. of like a, you know, a, you know, like kind of like modern classical composer or something. That's probably not the right words, but um, <laughs> yeah, he's like he's sort of like a almost like an early like precursor to like techno music. Like there'll be. Yeah, so there'll be there'll be acoustic instruments, but they'll be kind of repeating in this way. That's like um, it's almost like just a it's sort of the way that like techno music can work, where you almost like hear something that's re- repeated again and again and again, and it just like gradually changes a little bit. Yeah, um, like I love that kind of music, and and um, yeah, and I sort of think of the paintings like I like the paintings to have that in it, like a sort of a a repeated idea and like subtle shifts um, and color. Yeah. So I think there, there definitely is, there are a lot of corollaries to music, like music without words, maybe like that. Although honestly, I mostly listen to podcasts when I'm in the studio, but um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I can, you know, when I think about like, if I wanted, if my painting was a particular kind of music, like, I feel like that's the kind that I like, you know, where yeah. it's really about, kind of really about those formal components. Definitely. Um, I mean, I think like it is important that the imagery is, you know, nature. Uh, if honestly, if, if there was a way for me to make, if I knew how to make an abstract painting, like maybe I would, but I just, I'm so kind of like steeped in having imagery and like laying out the space in a certain way and a horizon line and mm-hmm. always having those things to kind of, grounded um but I'm also not the kind of figurative painter where I'm like looking at things specifically like I I I do that occasionally and I used to do it a lot more but at this point with the body of work that I started um that I'm kind of working on now that I started in 2019 like I really did kind of let go of a lot of reference like source material and it became much more um from my head I think that's what's so powerful about your pieces though, is like, you're, you're, like you said, like you're grounding them. Like they need some sort of thread of like reference or representation in order to express like these ideas that like kind of transcend representation that are kind of like woven underneath the surface of things. Like I think about when I look at your work, there's this magical childlike, like wonder that like is instilled in me when I, when I look at them and yet they're so refined at the same time. And I think you strike this really interesting balance between those two where it has this whimsical forms, like the way, like one of my favorite things that you do is the way you illustrate like waves in the water. Like they're so whimsical and they have such a character quality to them. Um, But they're also illustrating like the rhythm of the ocean and this sort of magical sort of cosmic like 
um, timescape that is sort of played out through the through tides and through the way that the waves are just constantly coming in. And I just find this balance that you're achieving to be so, so interesting um, be, because like, it's obvious, like if you wanted them to look more realistic in any way, it's obvious you could totally do that. But like, you're making these deliberate choices to kind of distill the imagery into more simplistic forms. And I think it's from that, that the color and the radiance of the color and the shifts in value through color really shine. And they kind of speak, at least for me personally, to this sense of like something beyond the natural, but yet still connected to it. Um, is that something you think about, like when you're constructing your compositions? Like, is this something you, you kind of figure it out beforehand before you execute it as a painter? Like, or do you? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah, I do. I do studies. Um, so sometimes I'll do them on the iPad or even on like a little drawing app cool. on my phone. Um, yeah. And then I also do studies, uh, like just paint on paper with the same paints that I use on the panels, um, on paper. So, or sometimes I'll like sketch something out in a sketchbook to kind of get the idea for the composition. And then the study is an opportunity to sort of figure out what I want to do with the color. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're really like driven by the color. That's kind of like the primary idea mm -hmm. for each painting it's pretty like the color I kind of need both a color idea and a composition idea but sometimes I all I have is a color idea right but you know like I you it's it, yeah so the color is kind of the driving force but yeah I mean I um like I love uh Henri Rousseau and um you know folk art uh paintings um I love a kind of like you know, almost simplistic or childlike way of depicting the world. Like, I think that's what's interesting about painting as opposed to photography is that it is like, you know, like the world filtered through like a human mind. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like that's kind of what is cool about folk art or Henri Rousseau um, or, I mean, you know, tons of other artists. Yeah, it's like this playful quality, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're kind of pushing the boundaries of like, how you can represent something. Um, and yet it also express like these sort of formal concerns, like you speak of, of like color and sort of like form composition, like the way that like we think about like horizon lines or like space, you know, foreground, you know, or background, and you kind of play with these formal qualities. But there is still like this this other thing that happens when you put all them together that I think even though there is a logic to it, like, you know, you speak about that, there's something else happening to them that I think um, transcends that logic. And it, I don't know, it speaks to me deeply about trying to get outside of like the literal part of my mind and to like see a new way of, of, of feeling a landscape. Like, you know what I mean? Like almost mm -hmm. like expressing, like, in a, even though you speak like getting away from the emotion, like I get, personally because again you can't control what the viewer gets yeah yeah but for me i get an emotional quality to it because it's sort of defying my expectations about what color should how color should be used or mm -hmm. how a um how a certain form should appear and i don't know if like you have that experience like when you're painting 
like where there is like this relationship between like your color choices and a certain type of emotion or energy that you feel in relationship to the subject? Is that just kind of something secondary that maybe just comes, you know, after the fact? Because I think as painters, like a lot of things can happen that we're not really aware of until later. You know what I mean? I mean, I do think like, uh, it's, you know, I think there definitely is like, I want, I want them to have impact. And, and so I, yeah, I think there is certainly going to be an emotional experience. Cause I, yeah, I mean, I, I do want that, uh, you know, I want them to have this kind of like strength and intensity, um, but also, yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I, I feel like I have kind of gravitated to certain colors that sort of like make sense within this world of like water and air and clouds. Mm-hmm. Although I'm kind of trying to push beyond that too. Um, like I'm making, cause I think up until now, like I really, I don't have a lot of red in the paintings, mm-hmm. um, like not a lot of like saturated red and, and it, and but now I am working on a red painting and I'm sort of thinking about like, oh, but maybe if you're in this world, that's like a red world, like the magenta and the orange and, you know, the shade, the different shades of red within that actually all it all functions the same way as like, you know, a blue, gray, green painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think I do. I am just so often thinking about you know, I think the, I think of them as worlds that I'm kind of like inhabiting for the time of creating the painting and, you know, the sun having like a very kind of symbolic shape with like symbolic looking, you know, rays. Uh, and then the waves having like a very, like, you know, a very particular form that is, you know, yeah, it's not real natural looking Mm -hmm. yeah but it still has a form like it's still like the light and shadow and um the color shifts within the water all are like building that space like you know because that's always what the color is doing is kind of like there's a color shift from you know I'm thinking about the space in the painting like in the front of the painting there's going to be one color thing happening and then that's going to gradually move back along the water um to like to show that the space is moving front mm-hmm. or back and also to you know challenge that like maybe the hot the hot color is in the back and the cool color is in the front or you know instead like but I'm always like geeking out on like atmospheric perspective yeah. and you know like kind of creating space with color yeah I like the way you adjust like the chroma uh, of your paint in certain ways that you create depth, like just kind of in some paintings, like where there are specific areas where you're kind of toning down the saturation so that mm-hmm. then the saturated qualities like really shine, you know, through that juxtaposition, like where you kind of, do you know what I'm saying? And I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well a lot of, I mean, one of my kind of like go-to uh, I don't want to say tricks, but it's like a go-to kind of like fun place I like to hang out in is basically having one really bright one color once you know saturated color and another saturated color and then there's a gradation like all the different gradations between them and then in the middle it often goes really gray mm-hmm. you know? so if it's like red turn you know from going from red to green um so in the middle it gets gray because 
Also, I mean, I used to paint really with a more kind of like all over saturated palette. And I used to use like a whole bunch of different pigments in each painting. And now I really only use three Hmm. generally. Um, So that's like, that's a super important part of it. There's always three pigments plus white. And so it's like kind of like that, the, the triad of those three colors in the painting and then what they're doing and like kind of, you know, like sometimes like I'm working on one now and it's like orange, yellow ochre and violet. And like those three, like the violet is operating as the blue and the orange is operating as a red and the yellow mm. ochre is operating as a yellow. So they're sort of like, yeah, you know, things do break out into like primary colors in that world, but they're also not primary colors. So it gives the whole thing like a weird cast, you know? Yes. I love that. I think that's amazing. And I think it's always incredible. It's really hard. I think as artists, especially who use a lot of color to find ways to limit ourselves. And so even just by like limiting yourself through your pigment choice, I think that's a brilliant move because you're going to stumble across these combinations that are maybe unexpected and that create a different kind of resonance in the, in the paintings than you might've built before. So, cause I think we always got to keep ourselves interested. Right. And so kind of being like a chemist, you know, like a scientist, like experimenting and playing with what are the possibilities of color? Because for me, color is inherently emotional in some way. Um, And so like the way that you implement it is going to charge that space with a different kind of mood, no matter what, you know, but like when you can kind of stumble across these kind of like weird intermediary colors that kind of transition you from one to another and these kind of liminal spaces, they end up being like the key to making everything else work in some subtle way. Um, and so when, for me personally, whenever, whenever I discover like some of those colors, like it's just like a revelation of like the, the relative nature of our experience of color and that these things are all singing and communicating together. And you are putting together a symphony of light waves in some sense, you know? Um, and I definitely, I definitely appreciate like that, like level of thought that goes into your color palettes. I wouldn't have, I didn't really pick up on that, like looking at them, but now like when I go back to look at them, I'm going to try to like decipher a little bit. Yeah. Like what those pigments are. Um, I'm an art teacher. I I teach art. I don't know if you've ever taught art on your, you know, creative journey. A little bit, a lot, like a while ago, but yeah. And, and so like something I always try to get my artists to like become more and more conscious of is just, you know, pigment decisions. Like, you know, there's not just one kind of blue out there. There's a million and they do different things depending on how you mix them or use them. And so getting them to become more knowledgeable about like the various pigments that are out there is like such a crucial step. So any artist out there, like really get to know your pigments and explore sort of how they can create nuances um, in the way you use yeah. color. Um, yeah, ter- I know the art, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, the pigments and how they act and how they mix. Like yeah. you know, they work. Yeah. Cause I'm working on one painting right now and it's, I'm using ultramarine blue, and then this color called permanent green light and ultramarine blue is like actually sort of a terrible mixer, you know? So the, the like color into, they're both like these, you know, very vibrant, the very vibrant blue, a very vibrant green, but you mix them together and they become like gray, like yeah. this kind of gray 
teal color that is like not what you would expect. Um, I know because it's the warmth, you know, like color temperature, you know, right. it's so yeah, crucial. So great. like the warmth of that ultramarine blue, like students are always yeah. trying to make violet and they work with ultramarine, which you can get great violets, but they're like, you know, a lot of, you know, younger artists like want to get like the brightest violet. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. not the best pigment to use. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. I'm like, you gotta, you know, yeah. try cerulean blue. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because, like that yeah. sort of unexpected, like yeah. what is a good mixer, but then I like it when I've got one that's kind of a bad mixer because then you get like some interesting. Exactly. Gray. Exactly. Yeah. You, could, you can play with it more, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. they're just kind of like tools for us. And we, you know, we want to get excited about the way we experiment with, with them, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm curious, like in your process as an artist, like, do you, do you build in any kind of like ritual in the way that you paint? Like, how do you like, when you enter your studio, like, do you have like a certain rhythm or ritual and way that you like approach making work? Cause you know, um, to be working like you are, like, you've got to be in the studio pretty often. I would imagine. I was curious yeah, if I mean, you build any of that kind of stuff for yourself. I mean, I, uh, so I've got two kids who are pretty young. They're four and eight. So I have a four-year-old. <laughs> oh, you do? Oh, oh nice. That is. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, so prior to getting into the studio, I'm like getting them ready, like brushing their hair, like getting them dressed, feeding them breakfast. And then my husband takes them to school. And then, um, and then I guess I usually exercise uh and then i and then i go into the studio and uh yeah i mean so i i like change out my water from the day before like i never do it at the end of the day i always do it in the morning so oh, i like cool. rinse out my jar for water and make sure i've got water to drink out there cuz my studio is in the garage it used to be we converted it from a garage to a studio but it's oh sweet the house um so there's no plumbing in there so I always have to like kind of bring in water to drink and water to use on the you know and don't mix them up <laughs> done that right <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's that's not good <laughs> um yeah so usually I, I do that and then I get in there and um you know I kind of just sit usually and look at the painting for a few minutes and remember Honestly, I think there is just a like shedding of like sort of the because I you know there's so much stuff going on all the time with my kids that I'm like on my phone you know like mm -hmm. oh this is happening there's this dentist appointment and blah 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 and so I feel like there's a certain amount of just like letting that like fall away yeah. a bit and just like be in the quiet of the studio and like enjoy that like the <laughs> alone you know like I kind of love. I, I, when I first started working my studio full time, I was like worried about being lonely in there, but now I just like relish it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is yeah, like I, a sacred space, you know, um, for you yeah. to like that quietness, like, you know, um, is, I, I appreciate that too. I need that. You know, I consider myself yeah. to be kind of like an ambivert, you know, like I can be very extroverted uh -huh. when I want to be, but like, I need my introversion. I think that's what draws me personally to making art. And painting, yeah. but like for me, it's like this sacred space. I love how you like describe it's just like falling away of like all the other roles you play. You know, it's like yeah. you play all these different roles in your life outside of like your real like individualized focused or passion. Um, mm -hmm. and you have to be able at times to separate yourself from those things so that you can really concentrate 
and fully be like open in your senses to like what the painting's asking of you or what, you know, what it is you need to kind of push toward in the studio that day. So I think that kind of that you, you just saying that, like, I can resonate a lot with that because like, you know, we all wear many hats in our life. Um, but this one as painters, like, you know, we, we have to really like learn how to let go of everything else so we can be clear in our mind and really attentive to this dialogue that we have. I mean, that's how I look at painting as the dialogue, you know, painting is yeah. always speaking like what it needs or what it doesn't want, you know, and you have to be present to like, listen to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think like your exercise, like your time is when you exercise before um, is a way to like, kind of begin that process of like clearing out your mind some, I feel like for a lot of people, exercise can do that. Like it can kind of be like a way to, to just let go of tension in the mind where this attachment to certain thoughts or things that are going on and be able to loosen that up a little bit. Do you feel that maybe that's why you seem to do it? Or is it just the only time you can get it in for the day? It's, I mean, it literally is the only time I can yeah. get it in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think at this point I actually exercise, like I, I kind of exercise with friends three days a week. So it's also, it actually has become a really actually pretty social part of my day. That's Great. like almost like my most reliable time to see, you know, a few close friends. Um, uh, but then, yeah, if I'm like going for a walk by myself, then yeah, it is probably a more kind of like peaceful, but yeah, honestly it, it is often like, cause sometimes I'm like walking back from the school or something with a couple parent friends. So it, on yeah, I mean, I would say on the weekend, like if I go out by myself and I go for a long walk, like, yeah, it is. It definitely is like, you know, kind of clearing my head. And um, yeah, I think just like movement is just like sort of a crucial part of every day for me to like, yeah. not be a crazy person, like not to be like an anxious, <laughs> like cranky mess. So yeah, I feel the same way. I think <laughs> yeah. even like, yeah. even if it's a social thing you're doing, I think just, just moving your body um, intentionally, you know, for the sake of just moving your body so that, you know, it just really, it moves energy around, you know, and it clears yeah. things up. Um, yeah. Do you ever like explore meditative practices or anything like that as a way to like clear your mind or a way yeah. to like center yourself? Is that something that you're interested in? Yes. Yes. And um, I have meditated on a regular basis at times. Um, I find it's really hard for me to keep it going, mm -hmm. um, with kids. Uh, you know, like if I went out to the studio, I like one of the times I was doing it, I, I would like do it in my studio. Once I got out there at the beginning of the day for like 10 minutes and I, you know, I should, it's one of those things like every couple of days I'm like, man, I should really meditate. Like, <laughs> you know, like I know I would, I know it makes me feel better. Like I, I should just do it. And I just, yeah. It's like hard for me to get that habit going. And um, I think before I had kids, like I would often do that in the morning. And I think it is, yeah, really good. Um, yeah. You know, really well, even your painting, like, cause I'm looking at the way that you paint, it seems very meditative because it's so regimented. Like it's kind of, you know, you're talking about repeating these patterns mm -hmm. or these bands of color. Like there is that woven into it. And um and I think yeah. that a meditative practice is something that like ultimately the formal practice, like the sitting cross-legged or whatever, 
this is great. This is really good. But um, ultimately, it's got to be a part of your life. You know, it's got to leave that space and be a part of what you do. So I think for me, that's the point of those formal practices for, in a lot of contexts is to like introduce you, initiate you into um, shifting your relationship with your own mind, you know, so you're not caught by the webs of repetitive thinking or attached to like certain ways that you um, judge not only yourself, but the world, you know, um, yeah. and so we can like soften those and um, those like harder edges in our mind and also let go of some of those attachments, then like, we clear a lot of that space out. But I think painting obviously has got to do some of that work too. But I was just curious because I look at your painting, they do have a meditative feeling to them as well. Like, I feel like when I look at them, they, I want to meditate on them. I want to like experience them for longer periods of time. Um, sadly, I've never seen one in person, but I can, I can see through the screen. I can only imagine how much even more powerful they are at scale um, with real like light reflecting off of the actual pigment back into my mind body, you know, like yeah. being like very entrancing and very meditative. I think that's what draw me to reach out to you for this um, podcast. Cause I've always loved your work, but I've all, I've always personally felt that quality seeping out of them in some way, like you, because of a lot of the things we've already spoken about the way that you're shifting our understanding of these natural forms and playing with color and these very specific ways, like it's already heightening this experience visually. Um, but there's still a calmness to it as well. It's interesting. It's an interesting experience to have, at least through the screen. It's like there's there's such intensity and in color and form, but yet there's also still like this quietness to them in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, has anyone else ever like expressed that to you about them? Have you ever like felt that they yeah, were? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, somebody actually told me recently that she, um, she, uh, she's a collector, of, or she's not, it's not all she is, but not to reveal who she is, but anyway, yeah, she yeah. told me she, uh, she owns painting and she does yoga in front of it. Like it's in her like room where she does yoga and she sort of like, you know, like does yoga sort of toward the painting, which yeah. I was like, oh, that's so, that's so nice, you know, but I would, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, like I definitely, I, you know, meditation, I think is, it is one of those things that I would love to have in my life when my children are a little bit older yeah. and my schedule is a little bit less hectic. And, you know, yeah, I yeah. think, um, you can find ways to weave it in, even though, even like, I think the, I think a big pitfall people have when they want to begin meditation practice is to try to bite off too much, you know, too soon. Like even like, three minutes literally three minutes of just like mindful breathing before you begin to before you even begin to dump the water and get your brushes set up and set down just like walking in like even something like that doing that every day I mean mm -hmm. that can literally do magic and it's just literally 180 seconds but it's yeah, easier yeah. said than done you got to build that sort of habit um to yeah. them you know but yeah, I can totally see someone wanting to do yoga or meditate uh, on your work or in front of it. Because again, we're talking about like these elemental principles of like earth, sky, water, you know, air. But then you have like the ether of like the cosmos, like this, like especially the way you do stars and the way they radiate out, you know, some of your more recent paintings, um, at least from 2021 on your website with like the star yeah. 
scapes and stuff like there is this when i look at them there is this sort of um i don't know it feels like an homage to the natural world in a in a very like unique sort of way that's all your own you know and yeah. so like for me i can totally see and feel a spiritual quality to them even though if that's not really what's driving the making of them it just seems to come naturally um out of the choices you make um, yeah. So that's yeah. something I really appreciate a lot about what you're doing um, with your work, because I don't know, it's, it's, it's something I feel personally that um, we need more of, you know, yeah. we need more of this connection to the natural world. We need more of this um, uh, prioritizing of creating spaciousness in our lives so that we're not busy, 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 busy all the time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, I, yeah, I think, there's a, yeah, there's such a tendency to sort of be on your phone all the time or be constantly interrupted with texts and, you know, to have just like this. And I think also having kids, there's just like this hectic nest mm -hmm. all the time, or like the ha my house is like constantly being destroyed by <laughs> kids. And, and yeah, I think, I think my work did become more minimal after I had like I mean it was it was in it was probably about three years ago that I started this body of work and I did have the feeling of like really wanting the work to be more minimal mm -hmm. um because well also we like moved into our house six years ago almost seven years ago and then we we started like living with our art more and I, so I was living with my paintings and then living with like my husband's work and some other people's work or like our friend's work that we'd traded for over the years. And, um, you know, I just started to realize what it was like to live with something and what different colors felt like to live with. And, and I just was realizing that, uh, I, I was kind of longing for more simplicity in the work hmm. at the same time as having like a busy hand and wanting to make lots of details and kind of like, you know, like combing across the surface is something that is like also like soothing to me, like an, an important part of the process an important part of it being like my thing that I made. Um, that And actually like going back, this is actually something I've, I've been wanting to talk to my daughter about she's extremely creative and always making things, but she will spend like, you know, five minutes on something and then like toss it aside and make the next thing, toss it aside. And I remember being like being in school, like in grad school and like making lots of things that I wasn't necessarily spending a lot of time on. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of grad school, like I, um, my studio was on the second floor and there was a dumpster right outside the window and I was just like throwing things <laughs> <laughs> into the dumpster and I you know I think like moving to New York City and like living in apartments not having a lot of space you know I started making like small paintings and spending a really long time on them wow. so that like they're you know rather than making like 10 paintings that like didn't amount to much that I was just going to throw away anyway. I'd rather make like one painting that I really like spent a lot of time on, you know, that, and then keep it. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that, so that was sort of like an important ingredient to like what my work is now is that sort of like 
you know, combing across the whole surface and having an idea and kind of a, you know, a sort of a, a plan for the whole surface. Um, at the same time, but then this other piece of like simplicity or I don't want to say minimalism because I really don't think my work is minimalist, but you know, just like a more kind of cohesive idea with the color. Um, cohesive um idea well you're like kind of distilling things you know you're trying to it's like a it's a distillation process like you're like trying to let go of all the things that are aren't necessary to like what your vision is and i think this idea of like spending time on one thing and like really dedicating devoting yourself to like um executing it and giving the painting what it needs and not trying to rush to the next thing is so crucial Um, I feel, I feel the same way, but like, even if it's something that is maybe more of a simple composition, um, you're still, your attention to detail is still so like important. So even if it is relatively a simple composed image, every little detail matters that much more, you know, in terms of the way that you're, um, the way that you're like, you, like you said, like kind of combing through like the, the whole surface. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something really important to be said for that because we do live in sort of like, you know, the, this world where it's like that instant gratification, it's like swipe left, swipe right up down, you know, like onto the next, onto the next, onto the next. And like our attention spans are becoming so narrowed. And I mm-hmm. think it's from that process that we're actually like handicapping our own consciousness in some way. And mm-hmm. so like painting the way, you're painting and like making art and really dedicating yourself to slowing down and refining all the aspects of the painting that need to be refined and thought through is, is sort of fighting back against, um, against all the sort of momentum that our culture is pushing on you to like, you know, be distracted. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I think there's the distracted thing. I also think like, um, we're all inundated by stuff, you know, like just junk in the, in the home. Like it's, it's so like, it's so easy to buy things, things like clothing is really inexpensive. And also with kids, like there's, you know, this constant influx of toys and things they're bringing home. And, and I feel like there's a, you know, it's like, okay, what objects do I actually want to have around me? And I want to be aware of what those objects are and like have them be you know like the the like Marie Kondo um uh life-changing magic of tidying up like that was I feel like that was an important thing it's almost like and it's almost like I did that to the paintings too like what needs what really needs to be here exactly and like there can be less there can be less in this in this painting yeah at the same time that there's like a self-soothing kind of um activity that I need to do to it um yeah yeah no I think that's so important you know like we I think it's like in a time like and we're very fortunate and very lucky and privileged in the world that we live in um you know what I mean in terms of the western world in America like the height of consumerist you know uh um, conquest that's happening here. Like anything is at our fingertips at the push of a button. And so I think it begs the question, um, what is it that we really value? You know, like what does it mean to be a person who makes things, you know, who's like putting out more things into the world, you know, like they better not be, you know, like, but 
Yeah, because like like moving to New York and like living in small apartments and not having room, it's like if I'm going to add another thing, like I don't want to be like carting around, you know, also I think for many years I just sold my work for like really cheap or gave it away to friends because I just didn't, I like dreaded storing things to the point of like, like I have almost nothing. (laughs) Like I have no (laughs) pain from like literally the last 10 years, like none. They're all gone and which I now like really regret. Yeah. But they're living their lives somewhere, you know, they're serving their purpose in some sense, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a great question, Amy. Like, like it, it, as being people who make things, like we have to be even more conscious about what it is we're adding to the uh, just the abundance of stuff that exists yeah. around us. And so um, that's why I'm drawn to your work because I think it asks me to slow down and ask me when I look at it to connect to like this childlike magical reality that is woven into the mundane you know uh consumerist materialist paradigm that sort of runs the everyday world that we have to live in you know the bills we have to pay all the things we have to do like it reminds me that there's more and because it reminds me that imaginal realm of the mind in this sort of sense that everything that we're doing we're creating and we can create anything we want Um, it's just a matter of choice and what we're choosing to like put our energy into what we're choosing to invest in. And I think that's going to be a big question moving into the future for everyone to contemplate is like, what is it that we truly value, um, in terms of stuff? Um, because it's obvious we can get whatever we want whenever we want. And that doesn't, that doesn't equal happiness. Right. And it is this kind of like empty, um, yeah like like buying things is this sort of like empty self-soothing you know like I thought about that like yeah there are certain ways that we try to make ourselves feel better that are kind of like empty and short-lived like you know scrolling on your phone or like Mm -hmm. buying your jeans or and waiting for it to come in the mail like you know you got this cool (laughs) thing on Amazon like oh I can't wait on Tuesday it's coming I can't wait to see it you open up here it is yeah. And then okay. it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then that yeah. thrills. Yeah. So, but like actually making stuff, I feel like was this sort of like deeply satisfying thing where I could spend, you know, four hours in the studio or something and come out feeling better, like yes. in a long way. Kind of a paradox there. You know, it's like we are making something material and it is stuff ultimately that has to go somewhere, but it's, it's not like, I don't know. Um, there, the human touch is a powerful thing in my mind, even just like the uh, decision-making of an individual to create something is like that to me is like our ultimate power in, in gift is like humanity is this ability to manifest something that hadn't existed before, but, um, with any power we can misuse it, you know? And I think that's what we see a lot of today is this misuse of this innate creative capacity that is the human mind um and uh, the human species and so i think we are in a time where we have to ask these big questions um and i look at artists like yourself as like kind of in some way are planting seeds of like shifting that consciousness in some way that's at least my personal view and so i'm really grateful for you and the work that you make and the sort of energy you put out there the beauty you create the the magical sort of 
I don't know, imaginal, mister, mysterious sort of creations that come out of your studio. I think for me, it's not adding to the mess of stuff. It's adding to like, it's shifting our sense of value of what stuff is actually a value. And I think things like that, to me, that's valuable because it's speaking to something beyond just the material. It's speaking something about the human spirit. Um, and I think that's what we need to reconnect with personally and on the deepest level possible in a time where it's very confusing for a lot of people to navigate. Um, so yeah. I extend a ton of gratitude uh, to you and the work that you're making. And I'm excited to see what comes next. You know, I'm loving these new paintings you've done that are kind of these windows, these sort of frames you're creating, like, oh, you know, at least a couple of, yeah. Or with like the, uh, the foliage, you know, one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the tree ones are new. Yeah. The yeah. ones which are newer. I think it's yeah. cool too, like creating these like frames within a frame, these windows into these worlds. Like, so I'm excited to see where it comes next. And um, I'm grateful for you to spend time with me today, just to chat. We got into some really good little nerdy details about art making, <laughs> which is what I love, but also yeah, some, yeah. some, some bigger ideas that I'm going to be thinking about um, after this conversation for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah it's been super fun to, to chat with you also. I feel like it was good. I feel like we talked about some stuff I don't usually talk about. So that's good. great. Awesome. Well, it's great yeah, connecting yeah. with you and thanks again. And, um, look forward to seeing what, like I said, what, what comes out of your studio next. So keep it up. Oh yeah. And sorry, yeah, let me give sure. you one plug. Yeah, um, for sure. I, my next show is coming up in March at Sperone Westwater here in um, in New York. Awesome. So if listening, wants to check that out. It's opening March 3rd. Awesome. In the show notes, y'all, I'll have a lot of links, not only to like Amy's uh, social media and her website, but I'll have links for, for that show. Um, and any, anything else you want to add to there, we can talk later. We can add to the show notes for it. But thanks again so much and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Great chatting with you, Amy. Yeah, thanks, Martin. Thanks so much. All right, peace. Okay. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Concerning the Spiritual and Art. Um, If you like what you're listening to, please uh, leave a comment. Uh, give me a rating on whatever podcast platform you're you're tuning in on and uh, help me get the word out. Share it with any friends or family, anyone you think might be interested in uh, what I'm doing over here. Super excited to bring a lot more of this content to you. Sending lots of love out to each and every one of you. Peace, y'all.